last number of years, Fight, Laugh, Feast conferences have been gathering thousands of people to worship God, to celebrate his goodness, to hear from his word in communities, in churches, and working together in businesses to turn back the tide in this land, where we are beginning to build again in the ruins, Christendom. And in so doing, begin to build a new Christian culture. We'd love to have you join us at the Fight, Laugh, Feast conference. Well, y'all know what time it is. It is Monday. Not just any Monday. A marvelous Monday. That's right. Marvelous Monday. You know, Kyle Hessler just shared this show on X, which means if Kyle wants to speak in this conversation with us, he is allowed to. And that's really, really exciting. I just saw that my friend Eric Yeager, how you doing, bro? He's in the spaces right now. And if he shares a show, he gets to speak too. And you know what? I need to make sure. Uh, hello from Ohio. What's up, Ohio? How y'all doing? Abolish abortion, Ohio. I see you. Young Flav. Hey, bet I got my tickets for the next Fight, Laugh, Feast Comp. I'm looking forward to seeing you out there, brother. That's awesome. So uh, right now we're on Facebook. We're on YouTube and we're on X Video and we're also on X Spaces. Uh, what's good, my dude? Where them keys at? Keys? Which keys you talking about? Uh... Are you trying to get the keys to get on the show? You just have to share button. I think that's the keys you're talking about. I'm going to invite. I'm only going to be here 30 minutes. I promise. I've, I keep saying that, but it's not true. All right. Just got back from visiting Moscow. First of Hey, what's up? How you doing? Okay. So I put the com inside the comments on the social media platforms. If you want to join the conversation right now, that is a video link for those of you that are not in spaces. All right. So if you're not in spaces, um, there's a video link inside of the comment thread that you can join the conversation from there. Now, listen, sometimes people are coming in here and they're just waiting to like, they're just watching. This is no, that that's a link to come in and talk with me. I like talking to y'all. You know what I'm saying? Let's talk. Let's have some conversation back together. Can we share on Facebook? Uh, I thought I did. Uh, but yeah, you can share on Facebook. Absolutely. Go share. Nothing stopping you. Uh, abolish abortion, Ohio. Um, so here's 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 my dilemma. Okay, let me tell you about today. This show on Mondays is dedicated to being a marvelous Monday because every Monday, particularly every day, but every Monday is one more day that the wicked's undoing is coming true. It is happening every day, but particularly on Mondays, I just want to highlight it. 
And I'm going to talk about that in just a second, why I like to highlight it on Monday. So this show's going to be a little different because all my notes actually got left at home. And I'm waiting for my wife right now to text me some of the notes that I have for this show. So I'm going to do what I actually normally do. Believe it or not, I prepped for you guys. And I guess the Lord didn't like the fact that I prepped for you. So, uh... Oh, oh, somebody said I'm, I'm streaming at the same time of Whitlock. Dang it, that's always a mistake. You know what? Watch Whitlock. I'm going to tell you right now. Go watch Whitlock. If I'm streaming at the same time, that's... I'll be here, but go go watch him. <laughs> you can choose Khaled Brown. It makes it a lot easier. So... Let me talk about my sponsors real quick. Sponsors that I love very, very dearly. Uh, New Heart Treasures got me this wonderful mug. Make this show what it is because they take care of me. Give me clothes. Got me this lovely. I feel better drinking out of this mug. So go check out New Heart Treasures. They are my friends. It's a young lady by the name of Hannah. She has saved her money up. I keep telling y'all. This girl gets it. She is working. Saved up $9,000 over the years to start her own business. She will help you print your stuff for your church, designs, all that stuff. She's got lovely things. She's got bags. She's got wine care. She's got everything. She's got shirts. She's got hoodies. Go over there. Check out newhearttreasures.com. I particularly love the mug. I'm waiting for her to finish making some Bible verses. I think you should have Bible verses hung up all over your home. I just think that when you talk about the word of the Lord dwelling in you richly, well, when you see it more, <clears throat> You get to read it more. You get to hear it more. It's really good to wake up and see Bible verses everywhere. I think that's really, really important. Excuse me while I drink from my lovely sponsor mug. Ah, Look at God. Yep, makes everything taste better. All right, so why? The reason I wanted to do Marvelous Mondays is because I find that people really don't like Mondays. They find it really, really hard to engage because they just had this week. And I'm like, I want to change some of the stigma of that. So I want to kind of work through with you why Mondays are so marvelous. I decided to call Mondays Marvelous Mondays because it's the undoing of the wicked. And here's what I mean. Every day that we get to live on planet Earth as redeemed people who just had communion the previous day. You did go to church yesterday, right? You had communion, right? You did. Listen, if you're going to a church and you're not getting communion Every week, then you need to be the person who starts really, really complaining. And here's how I want you to complain. All right. I don't want you to go and say, Pastor, what's wrong with you? How come you're not giving me communion every week? I don't want you to do that. That's a horrible way to complain. Here's how you complain in a righteous way. You go to your pastor and you say, Pastor, I noticed that we're not having communion weekly. And I figured it's because we don't have enough people helping. And so here's one of the things that I really wanted to do. I wanted to make sure that you know that I'm available so that we could um, create, I, I can do the wine, I can break up the bread, I can go do the shopping, I can do all that. So I want to make sure that you know that my services are available so that that is not an obstacle for us to have communion every week. Because I know that can be a hard thing and most people don't take the responsibility. And I would love for us to be able to have that meal that Christ has invited us to have every week. And so I want to take the responsibility of making sure our church has that meal. So be really great um, if you let me know when you would like me to get started. <laughs> that's the way you go complain about it. And, and what that's going to do is invite another conversation about um, if we should have it and so on and so forth. But always make sure that you're the one who wants to take responsibility. I'm going to talk about that in just a second. But the reason that I like Mondays and the undoing of the wicked, because we just had communion yesterday. 
And I talked about this with Jason Farley today that's on Knox Unplugged, of how communion recenters the reality of the world for us. And when we have had communion and we've come to the, the table with Christ and have eaten with him and have been reminded of our restoration, the restoration from the man that we used to be and restore back to the Adam that we should have been, that we've, that we've lost. We've lost that connection to uh, how God intended us to be. By the way, this is Becca, his wife on Husband's YouTube. Okay. Um, got you, Becca. Um, we've been, Adam in his fall, we lost the authority to function properly as prophet, priest, and king. When crisis, and, and the reason we've lost it is because we stop imaging God in the way that we should. That sin from Adam and Eve have severed, fractured some of that, that relationship with God so that our imaging him has, has, um, is not as perfect as it should be. And so Christ has come and imaged God perfectly as being man and God and restored the reality of our kingship, priesthood, and prophet work in the world. And so Mondays are marvelous because we get reminded about that every time we come to the table. A lot of people want to harp, and I think rightly so, on our sins being forgiven. And I think that's the reality. Our sins have been forgiven. And when you look out into the world, what we see is the failure of prophet, priest, and king, the function of man taking dominion, that is evident of our sin. What Christ has done is he has restored that and has begun renewing the whole world by putting man properly back into his rightful place. And so when we go to church on Sunday and are able to be restored to Christ in that type of fellowship, we're restored in, in, a, in a new way with Christ like Adam has, but better. But better because Christ keeps the covenant where the first Adam couldn't. And so our restoration— has an effect now on the rest of society. It's not just something that happens in our hearts and minds, just like our sin wasn't something that stayed in our hearts and minds. Our sin had an effect on the whole world in the same way that restoration of man because of the work of Jesus Christ through the gospel has also produced a form of restoration in the world. And that's a beautiful thing. And since Christ, everything that has been happening in history is man been put back in his place to operate? And I just want to focus really right now, just kind of one main thing is kind of the priestly aspect of man. If you've been listening to my shows with David Reese from Armor Republic, he goes through this on Family Fridays and has been doing a fantastic job of working through prophet, priest, and king. That is how we operate in dominion. Proper Prophet, priest, and king, those three things. and And that's just kind of like this, it's not just one thing. Those are all functioning somewhat in the same time. It's just one angle of this diamond, right? So there's, there's kind of this three parts of it that we can see a dip, but it's still one diamond. And so we operate in this, um, this facet, right? And I kind of want to just really look at just one of these. And this is what I mean by marvelous and the undoing of the wicked. When we begin to operate as priests in the world, after being restored to Christ— we are offering things up to God. Uh, somebody just popped in here. We are, we are offering things up to God in a way 
that glorifies them, right? That makes it better. This is this is what it was. This is why the business conference. I'm I'm just vomiting all this out here for you. Okay, so this is just a mess because I don't have my notes, but that's okay. But I want to say this is why the business conference. It was so important to me. The pre-business conference at the Ark, because when we get work restored properly, we get this idea. Right. This idea of lifting things up to God. And here's a great example. I've been reading this book called um, The Offering of Uncle and Offering of Uncles, The Priesthood of Adam and the Shape of the World. When man man takes the things that God has given him and then he offers them up to God and said, Lord, look at this and, and be glorified in this. And so in the book, um, he, what he does in the offering of uncles is just takes eggs. Oh, I wish I can find it. Maybe I can find this section. But he talks about eggs and he talks about how we figured out, um, we figured out how to take these eggs. I'm sorry, I was looking for it. We figured out how to take these eggs and not all, not just, he just says, let's just talk about one egg, the hen. And we take these eggs and we, we've scrambled eggs. And then we take the eggs and we put them inside of cakes and we take eggs and we put them to make uh, uh, dough and we make spaghetti and we do all these things from eggs. And then we take these things and we offer them up. And so it was not in its original state. It's been moved to a more glorified state. And then we lift it up. And he says that part of the responsibility and duties of man is to be priest in the world that way. When we go to church, partake of the Lord's Supper, hear the preaching of the word of God, it's communicated back to us um, Jason was saying on Knox Unplugged how that we are weakly creatures. And the way that God has designed us is that we need this type of reassurance, this reality, this check, this fresh and covenant renewal every week is the way that God has designed it. And in that week, we come back. And I, I, I and it's funny, in the charismatic church, I used to say, um, I was getting a little low on my fuel, but I came into the house of the Lord. Now I'm ready to go again for another week. And I used to think that was kind of silly. But I, I, I think I can in some ways argue that there is this fuel, this energy, this covenant renewal, this reality that has more and more tangible, um, has been communicated in, in more tangible ways every week than previously. And so when Monday comes, it's like we just got a gun loaded to shoot. And so when we go to church, we have this renewal service. We're reminded about the love of Christ, the restoration of Christ, being brought back into the realities of our jobs and duties as priests to go into the world and to lift things up. And so the reason Mondays are marvelous is because we have had the word of God preached to us to operate in the world, to be priests, so that the world is no longer the same in which we had it. What do you say for pastors who want to only do it once a month? Repent. <laughs> That's right. No, no. Do it weekly. They know better. There's all kinds of arguments and books on, on why you should be having weekly communion. It's not even a question. Here's the deal. If the Lord Jesus Christ offers you to come to his table weekly, then you come to his table weekly. Look, here's, here's the deal. Have you ever been around somebody— or have you ever been in a place where you haven't eaten for a long period of time? Everything in your body, everything in your mind. Have you gone? Have you ever did a fast where you fasted for seven days? 
you turn into a different kind of person because you don't function how you're designed to function because you haven't had food. You need that nourishment just to have good bodily function, just to have your mentals um, operate properly. And as in the natural, so in the special, do you think, do you think you're going to function well as a Christian not having had the Lord's Supper weekly? Christ is feeding you himself every week. And if you need nourishment from real food to function, how much more do you need that of spiritual? And so you have it in the preaching of the word and the Lord's Supper. He's literally, you know, there's a lot of things that you might be able to miss in hearing the preaching. There's a lot of things. You might have to go back. Now is a lovely time. We go back. We can listen to sermons. Um, But in that moment, you cannot misunderstand the reality that the gospel of Jesus Christ his body and blood was shed for you when you taste it. When you drink it, you're, there's, you get that one. You don't miss it. You're tasting it. You're, you're drinking it. It is there. It is communicated, the gospel, in just that very moment. And it's reoriented. I am restored back to my maker. Okay, so when you come out of Sunday service, you should have this joy of wondering what is it that God wants me to act priestly with in the world tomorrow? Because God is sovereign, you should know, and he, the decrees of God is his eternal purpose according to the counsel of his own will, whereby for his own glory, he has foreordained everything that comes to pass, everything. All right. He's foreordained. He's designed it from beginning to end, which means believing that, that God has prepared for you things in your life that you should be acting priestly with. And what I mean by that is going into the world, communicating to them that this is how, oh, this is this thing that God has made for us in this world. This, 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 um, this egg, let's just go egg, apple. Ooh, how do we use this and lift it up? Well, we can make apple pie. We can make caramel apples. We can fry apples. That's priestly work. And because we've forgotten this priestly work, we've forgotten things like that are priestly like housework. We've removed the glory, the priestly joy, the the priestly and queenly joy of what happens in our homes. And so everybody's like, well, I I think uh, Michael Foster was talking about this. Who gets to do the dishes? Everybody's fighting over who gets to do the dishes. Well, There is priestly work all over the place. And one of the things we've done is robbed our women of the joy that they get to have in their priestly work because we look down on it. And we don't think that changing diapers is priestly work. It's priestess work. It's priestly work. Because of what you're doing, you're taking that baby and you're taking off the dirty diaper. I mean, come on. If this ain't the gospel, you're taking off the dirty diaper and you're cleaning them all off and you make sure they're nice and fresh so that you can kiss their bum. It's so cute. And then you put a new diaper on. You you teach them the words. I love you so much. And then you take them and what do you do? You lift them up and you hug them and you kiss them. That's priestly work. That's priestly work. Doing the dishes, priestly work. What are you doing in that? You're thanking God for all of the mess that has come from this lovely feast, and you're cleaning off the plates, preparing for the next level of feast that you hope is better than the next one. Why are we complaining about this? Why are we complaining about who has to do the dishes? 
because we don't understand that this is all priestly work. We're complaining about the jobs that we currently have. Take these things and understand that God has preordained and organized and shaped all of this to give to you to say, how are you going to act as a priest and lift this up to me? And part of the things that's happening in priestly work, when we engage in priestly work, um, amen, uh, Lord, renew my mind over dishes, amen. Um, one of the things that, that happens in priestly work is it, it teaches everybody, it's a discipleship process for the rest of the world, because sometimes, it, well, not sometimes, what we're doing in priestly work is telling people what they can't do either. This is not what this is for, right? This is, you don't get to take and misuse these metals and these rocks and these tools for stoning uh, innocent children, for cutting innocent children. That is, that is, no, you don't get to do that. Wrong. And so we are the ones who show, hey, Alex is in here. What's up? Um, I know Elliot, she's shared already. Invite to speak. All right. I'm inviting to speak. Uh, Eric, Alex, you know what? So Alex, I don't know if you know the rules. Alex Cockman, my guy, he's in here. If you want to talk, you got to share this show. I'm willing to let you in because I like you, Alex. But, but that, that, where was I at? I was talking about priestly work. Um, in, in doing good priestly work, we're also showing the rest of the nations of what it looks like to actually bring good order to things. And we're also putting limitations on what it is to not use this well. That is wrong. You can't use these things like this. God has a teleos for these things. And as we, as Christians, know what that is and know it's for the glorifying of God, we take these things, we think through them biblically, and we say, mm, how is God wanting me as a priest to lift this up in a way that honors him? Right? And when we do that well and we do that publicly— it's, it, it works in a way that glorifies it where people say, wow, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. So then when we're talking about priestly work, words, words, taking words and using, this is something that's really convicting for me. We don't use words as priests hardly well anymore. See what I just did? See, I'm evidence of this. And so now I'm thinking, how do I, as a priest, take the words, make them so beautiful and lift them up to the Lord so that everybody can see them and be like, wow, that is talent. That is talent. That is beautiful. How about music? The way that we think about music right now is so, hey, Eric, hey, hey you just, I see you, Eric. Invite to speak. See, that was easy, right? Um, the way that we think about music, it's so degrading. Because we're not lifting it up as priests and making it better. Priests take and magnify the thing and they figure it out and they put it together and then they put it up. And what we've done, unfortunately, is regressed and allowed the rest of the world to function as priests in this world. And then they don't have any sort of kingly aspect to them. They have no aspect of profit to them. They're just, I think Jason Farley, I'm going to steal this from him. What he said was to have a priest that is not a king and a prophet is tyrannical. Ellie, go ahead. You got the floor. Uh, when you were talking about communion, um, you know, wine, bread, it reminded me of something. And I wondered if you could sort of touch on this. Um, when we had our Fight, Laugh, Feast conference, of course, there's beer and psalms. And the highlight reel showed 
um, cigar smoking and all that. And uh, there's a comment by someone who uh, they said the video highlights in the beginning fight, quote unquote, then alcohol and then smoking. If that's the part of the selling point, mm, nah. So I wondered if you could sort of speak to that because I'm sure there's a lot of Christians within mainline evangelicalism who feel alcohol, cigar smoking, like this is bad, this is wrong. Can you kind of speak to that? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, what are these things and where do they come from? Well, they come from God. And part of, part of being a good priest is taking the things of God that he's given you and figuring out what they're for and how to use them and how to make them better. The Bible is consistent through it about alcohol. Matter of fact, one of the things that is supposed to come with alcohol is victory. You have these feasts of victory. You have, when you have, get into the, the, the land, the promised land, you're supposed to take and enjoy your heart's desire of drink. And so that's not a problem. And since Christ has conquered and he's the prophet, he's the prophet, priest, and king that is currently reigning and has established us and put us back in order, he himself has allowed us to walk into the new land. Pastor Wilson was talking about this. So when we talk about the fifth commandment, the fifth commandment in the Old Testament gets expanded beyond just Canaan into the rest of the world. It starts with Canaan, obey your mother, father and mother, Live long in the land which your Lord gives you. Paul takes that same thing and applies it in Ephesians to the Gentiles and the whole world. The Gentiles, that land becomes the whole world as supplied so that the, the land that the children get in the Gentiles is the whole world. And so Canaan becomes the whole world and God is giving that to us in Christ. And so we are in, we are in that era of Christ's reign and rule. He has all authority. We get to enjoy the fruits of his victory, which is wine. And if Jesus can have wine as his table, you should have wine at yours. And so one of the things that people want to actually actually remove from the world is danger. I think that's really at the root of it. They want to remove danger from the world, but God had no problem allowing danger to be in the world. Matter of fact, when he gives man their command— to uh, cultivate the world, he gives them the command to cultivate that thing and to protect that thing. So we were always going to have a serpent fight with man. There was always going to be some sort of battle that man, what do you, why would God tell you to protect it if there was nothing to protect it from? Adam was supposed to be the one to take that snake and get that joker, stump his head off, and he probably going to get bit from it and he's going to die resurrected. I'm just saying, that's, that was probably, that's what I believe the story was because that's what happens with the second Adam. He didn't do that. Instead, he died. He, he, he brought all men under, underneath the curse. Christ frees all men from that. So all that to say is wine, alcohol, tobacco, these are not bad things. These are things that are to be rightly used. And because we don't understand priesthood, we don't know how to use these things. We haven't practiced being good priests. Instead, what we've practiced is running from those things. But God put these in the world to be used. Like, think about this. Right now, we're doing the same thing with technology. We're doing the same thing with AI. We're doing the same thing. These are all bad stuff that's going to end. It's like, what is a good, how does a, a priest look at the things of God and say, how is God intended for these things to be used? And how do I take these things and offer them up to him so they bring him much glory? And so we t- go ahead. 
But Knox, but Knox, um, don't you know smoking is bad for the body? The body is the temple of the Lord. And also, but Knox, this was supposed to be a family event. You've got 16-year-olds there. You really want them around alcohol. And what if they drink some and they're only 16? That's illegal, Knox. What do you say? Well, first of all, you don't have to come. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you, first of all, you don't have to come. You don't have to come. No, no, no. But <laughs> that's that's one thing. And the, first, I love how you just... Let me just take one of these things, and I'm going to just take the drinking for a second. You have a responsibility, Deuteronomy 6, to teach your kids about how God made the world. The civil government doesn't get to set the, the limits and the design for when your kids should and shouldn't drink. That's not their responsibility. They are not the family. They don't get to set any of those. Oh, that's good. That's really good. Not any of those. That's good. Any of those parameters. That's not their goal and duty. You get to set those parameters. And that's all based on how you do discipling your children to be men and women, prophet and pre and prophetess, king and uh, queen and priest and priestess. Right. As you are discipling your kids to handle these things. Right. um, Then they need to watch you. And how does daddy handle this to the glory of God? How does mommy handle this to the glory of God? How do they function as prophet, priest, and king with these things? And how does it bring glory to God? And so to tell your kids, taste not, touch not, right? That's the wrong way. It's how do you taste? Don't forget that the problem that we've had is not that we wouldn't have—man's issue— is grasping, right? This it's grasping. It's not that he can't have it. It's when he's supposed to have it. And man needs to come to a full maturity before there were certain things in the garden that he could, only one thing in the garden really that he couldn't have until he came to full maturity, right? And when he grasped for it, that was the problem. But it wasn't that it wasn't supposed to be. God has made this world with few, I mean, almost, I mean, very small things. Off limits. When he made the garden, one thing off limit. Full of trees, full of fruit, full of herbs and everything there. One thing off limit. Not forever until you mature, right? We, we read the wrong story. We read the wrong narrative into this. And because of that, we don't function properly as priests because we keep on telling people what they can't have, what they can't have, what they can't have, instead of taking the things that God has given us and lifting them up to, to him. Alex, you're in here. I've offered you to speak, but I don't think you popped up. Eric, I see you. You got the option to speak, too, but y'all ain't. Um, Ellie, you say one more don't thing. Don't forget the tobacco. What about the t- <laughs> tobacco? Remember. What about the tobacco? So, so someone, someone says that, don't you know smoking is bad for you? Oh. Your body is the temple of the Lord. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and this is what people forget. The temple of the Lord has smoke. When there when there's smoke in there? It was incense in there. Right? And so I don't have a problem with that. That people people are missing it. They 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 they're they're reading what they want into the story because it's the modern idea rather than what scripture. There is nothing wrong with tobacco. Right. There's a lot of there goes Alex. Hey, Alex, how you doing? But there is there, and this is, priests get to there are priests understand by the way they're taught what the limits are on things, how far it, it should go and shouldn't go. Um, and and so like there is a I mean, but that's on everything. Everything has a context. Sex is good. 
within a context, right? Alcohol is good within a context. Drunkenness is not that. It's not being married. That's something else, right? And so um, there is, and this is why we got to be good priests, because when we're lifting things up, we're showing the boundaries in which God has given us to work. Alex, what did you want to add, bro? Hey, Knox. Hey, everybody. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. I mean, we have groups of men and women at our church, you know, gathering for psalms and scotch and beer and, you know, cigars and all of these good gifts. And, you know, we do, the, do these things in front of our children. But it's, it's not only an opportunity to teach them about the goodness of the Lord, but the danger will find you. You're absolutely right that it's this fear of things that are dangerous. The danger will find you. If you have this this is kind of how I was raised. If you have this avoidance mentality with these things, like you're never going to expose your children to any use of tobacco, anything like that, et cetera, you know, then the elastic effect of that as you age is that you're going to be too intrigued. You know, you don't know how to handle a gun as you, at a young age, right? Mm. The elastic effect of that is that you're going to be too curious later and you're not going to have any self-control. And so, you know, it's a stewardship. It's like you wouldn't wait until your son is 18 to talk to him about being a man. If you've waited until he's 18, you've waited too long, right? All of Uh-oh, Alex, I lost you. Try that again. Say that again. All of what? But I ain't nothing but the devil. Uh, you got muted somehow, Alex. Unmute yourself. There you go. There you go. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah, no, that was about it. But it's, it, it, you know, we're, we're planting seeds from a young age. I mean, um, you, you wouldn't wait to talk to your daughter about womanhood until she's 21 or until she's 18. Right. And, and by the same token, um, you know, training kings and queens starts with teaching them confidence from a young age for all of these things that are a part of wise living that they're supposed to be using all of these tools, all of these good gifts. And, and honestly, our worship gatherings, they shouldn't be so pietistic. They shouldn't be exclusively focused just on relating on this sort of spiritual immaterial level. I mean, even apart from the things we're talking about, you know, tobacco, alcohol, et cetera. Um, you know, do we have fellowship meals? I mean, are we breaking bread together, right? There should be and obviously you, you have this in the sacraments too, but there's an earthiness. There's a worldliness to our worship where it it does touch down into the physical. You know, we're not Gnostics and that has to be inculcated at an early age. Yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> you know, yeah, and just to, just to amen what you're saying, they were not Gnostic. When Paul is going through and he's laying out for them, they did um, eat from that same rock, which was Christ, right? They drank sp- spiritual drink and then they did eat of you know christ uh, they had spiritual food but notice that when he's making the connection spiritual they weren't i mean they actually had physical something and he's calling it spiritual they actually had physical water physical bread and paul's calling it spiritual because those two things actually do go together and that's why i you know i think we should be reminded you know i wouldn't trust somebody and this is this is why mondays aren't so marvelous to some folks Mondays aren't so marvelous because they don't get communion weekly and they don't go to church. And as a Christian, I am looking at people. If you were in the military and the guy, it's about time to go to war. And you're about to go to war with a bunch of people who never took boot camp or their training or their uh, practice seriously. They didn't stay in shape. 
They didn't learn how to shoot their guns well. They, they didn't know how to read a map. They didn't know how to cover your six. They didn't know the radio calls. They didn't understand the handbook. They didn't know the protocols. And they didn't practice. Did I mention that they didn't practice? <laughs> how comfortable would you be going to war with people like that? Right? How comfortable? I would not be very comfortable going to war with somebody who I knew wasn't capable of maintaining a, a, the same sort of physical fitness, the same sort of uh, disciplines and shooting, getting their 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 fire, their bullets on target. I, I I would be terrified. And in the same way, they didn't keep the nutrition up. In the same way, the people who aren't going to church weekly to hear the word of the Lord and to taste the word of the Lord. Those are people that are insufficient in being able to actually do battle. They're insufficient on having marvelous monies. They're insufficient on being able to be good priests. So you ask, why don't we have a good priesthood right now, even here in America? Well, that's the reason it's what happens the day before Monday. And I know that because our churches, a lot of them still aren't back from COVID. And I know that because a lot of our churches are not having communion weekly. And a lot of our churches aren't even preaching the word of God. They're having dance shows and figuring out how to get people in the door. And we're creating insufficient priests because of this. No, it takes both in. It takes the word of God being preached. It takes tasting the word of God weekly. I love what Ray Rhodes says. We sing the scriptures. We preach the scriptures. Um, we, uh, we pray, pray the scriptures. Let's be real. Every church is back from COVID. Eric, I gave you the opportunity to speak. Now, come on. Now, if you want to say something, come on, man. Why, why don't you jump on your mic? You can say that. I don't mind. I just invited you again. All right, Ellie, you have your hand up. I'm tempted not to let you speak because you're causing trouble in this room. What's up? Everybody sign up for Fight Laugh Feast next year. The deadline is today for $99 early bird. That's my first point. Number two, uh, I kind of want to zero in on something you just said earlier, Knox, about how, uh, like parents, you should be the ones showing your kids being the example of how should they use alcohol and uh, tobacco and that sort of thing. It's not up to the government. And that brought, brings up an interesting point that I'm curious about your thoughts on, Alex, as well. Um, let's say Christian parents decide they're going to allow their 16-year-old or 17-year-old to have some alcohol at the beer and psalms or that he could join in and try a cigar. Uh, what what would your thoughts be on that? Because technically that would be illegal. So what what would you say about that? Alice, you want to go first and then I'll let you, then I'll come out. Yeah. Expert, expert hosts just throw it over to me, right? That's, that's good. This guy knows what he's doing. Um, I'm trained. I mean, if he... <laughs> yeah if you're in europe that's normal i mean real talk like <laughs> americans americans have these unique laws that we we have this uniquely you know going back to prohibition this uniquely um you know rigorous culture of laws um about these things and that's not necessarily the case everywhere in the world you know i think we need to honor caesar i think that's one of those areas where yeah, let's let's give to Caesar what is Caesar's, right? So like that's not a hill, you know. It's not masks, right? Like it's not a hill I'm necessarily going to die on. Um, you know, I, I mean, I think uh, I, I think obviously the legal example of an exception to that is sacramental wine. And interesting, even Caesar recognizes that <laughs> that you can't cross that line in preventing 
parents from administering the sacrament in that case. But things go I mean, outside <laughs> of those exceptions, or you could do it in international waters. That's the other option. You could get on the water and do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm never going to remove the authority and responsibility that a parent has to their child, you know. Now, I, I will say that there are overlapping um, things going on here, but I think the Bible makes it really clear that um, it is the parent that brings their kid before the elders and the civil magistrate in one sense when their child is acting out of, out of line to actually be judged by the civil magistrate whether or not they need to be stoned or so, right? Like that is the parent's duty and responsibility. And so I think we have it so mixed up on who gets to, con- who gets to own the family, the, the people, this is, this is not an alcohol question. This is who's in charge of the family question. That's what this really is. And the people who are in charge of the family are mom and dad. That is the prophet, priest, and king of the home. Dad, prophetess, priestess, queen of the home. Mom, uh, did you just see that? I, this is an Apple update that if I do this, oh, watch this. You guys on Spaces can't see this. If I do this too, I think it does it. Uh, look at that. I didn't even know I could do all those things. I think there's another one, thumbs up or something like that, too. Look at that. Anyway, I didn't even know. It's the Apple update, and it started happening on the live stream. But (laughs) inside of spaces, y'all can't see that. Everybody else, I just started (laughs) putting up my two fingers, and next thing I know, balloons are popping up. So the authority always needs to remain with the people who have the authority. And the parents need to be the ones, because they're closest to the situation, to make the decision for their family and for their children. A friend of mine once said this. I thought this was very important. If you don't teach your children, and I'm not putting an age here, but, if, but he said this. If you don't teach your children how to use dangerous things, somebody else is going to. And by the time most of our kids um, get to high school and get to uh, the end of high school and college, most of them haven't been taught anything. And then when they have something, they're like, well, this isn't that dangerous at all. And their friends who are gluttonous, gluttonous and who are uh, drunkards, disciple them on how to be priests to false gods. Oh, that was the second thing I was going to say. You can't escape the realities of priesthood, right? You can't escape the realities of priesthood. And, and this is a perfect segue into this. Either you're being priests to God, the true God, on how you should do things, or you're being a priest to false gods. And man's priesthood is inescapable. And so either you're going to be an idolater with what you decide to lift up because you're going to lift. So drunkenness, being involved in drunkenness, it's not that you have an alcohol problem as much as you have a priestly problem because you're lifting up the alcohol to the false God. Because the true God does, does, requires that you don't get drunk. But the fact that you're getting drunk means you're being a bad priest and you're priesting to the false idols. And that's your problem. You need to restore your priesthood. Come underneath subjection to the true God. Obey him. Live properly. And then learn how to then properly be a priest with your alcohol. But that's with everything. And hopefully I'm going to have Jason Farley on here tomorrow. And I want to talk uh, on T3. Look, it's doing the thing again when I just have my thumb. I just I got to figure out how to turn that off because <laughs> I can't. I carry my hands in a particular way. Next thing I know, the screen is popping up like that. That's hilarious. Um, let me just yeah, just let me let me just back up what you're saying, Knox. You're I mean you're absolutely right. It does come down to um, <laughs> my daughter saying hi. 
That hey. comes down to um, <laughs> now. I will. I will have you know that my yeah. my children, my little ones, are in the bathtub, but they're not getting baptized Dang right it. now. But Dang you it. know, some some would argue. Uh, They're practicing. Uh, <laughs> it's it's yeah, it's the doctrine of subsidiarity. I mean, that's that's true. I mean, like, I, I think in those situations, you know, a, a Christian is is free to honor Caesar in that, like, okay, fine, the drinking age is twenty one. Okay, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go out of my way to to break that, right? And there's there's good medical reasoning behind some of that, not all of it, some of it. But at the end of the day, like it is the doctrine of subsidiarity. It's the government. You know what? We were just teaching our son this at the dinner table. You, you remember my son? Yeah. Uh, you know, it starts with uh, self. Like, what is government? It starts with self government. Uh, you controlling your own passions, your desires, ruling yourself. Then it starts with the household government. You know, dad's president of the home, mom is vice president. Then it goes to the church, then to the community. You know, federal government is the last thing that gets involved at any point. And people have the exact opposite idea of that. They start with Washington, D.C., or they start with the drinking age. They start with these bureaucratic measures that are just put on top of everybody. And then the last thing that they think of is government of the church or of the self or of the household. Totally right. Yeah, you just, you know, you just keep practicing them kids with that baptism. Pour a little water over their head. And I just love what you're doing over there, Alex. It's just warming my heart. Just practice. I mean, you know, it's some would say it's just a it's just a child dedication. Only there's just this water thing going on. Um, what's the what's the government's rule on water? We talked about wine, but what about just water? Can is there a. Is there a law that I can submit to with that? Or well, not yet. But as the Christian nationals keep working on it, you, you might get your your wish. On, on <laughs> sign me up. I, oh, well, I, I, what were we going to say, I was Alex? Gonna, I was gonna. I was gonna put this meme out there today, and I didn't. I need to. I need to post it. It's just you know, corporate wants to. Corporate wants you to find the difference between these two pictures. And the one is proof texts for missions, and the other one is proof texts for Christian nationalism. They're the same exact proof texts. The nations belong to Christ. Full stop. Amen to that. Okay, so I'd say I was going to do 30 minutes. I'm at 47. 17 minutes over. I'm sorry, y'all. Next time, I'm going to try and get tighter. Less talking by me, more talking with y'all. Tomorrow... T3 Tech Theonomy Tuesday. Jason Farley is going to be with me. We're going to talk a little bit more about this priestly duty inside of the tech realm. How we lift up tech to God. What does it look like to be good priests in that manner? And 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 priesthood is inescapable. You're going to be a priest. Are you going to be a good one or a bad one? Are you going to be one that fears or you'll be one that takes the things that God has given you and you glorify it, right? And you lift it up to him and say, "Here, Lord, this is better than what you gave me, right? That's part of just the, that's built inside the idea of man working. Work is a priestly duty. And the kingly part of that work is finding the, the, the hidden treasures inside of God's creation and saying, oh, I discovered something. What is it? What's Proverbs? We talked about this last time. Proverbs 25 is the glory of God to, re, to hide a thing. It's the glory of kings to find it out, right? And, and hopefully we'll get into some of this tomorrow too. The prophet aspect, the visionary guy, the guy who's able to see things and, and to call those things that are, don't exist to exist and have a vision. This is where we need to do. This is where we need to go. Men 
is designed to function in all three of those. When I say men, I mean the humanity itself, men and women, right? Men have that vision. The women support that. She has a king. She has, um, you know, they function as king, queen, prophet, prophetess, priest, priestess, right? And so don't, don't belittle the work of your wives. Be a good priest and live, even lift that up. Say, look at, look at how she brings glory to this house. Look at how she brings glory to this world. You know, one of the things that we forget is that our wives don't just bring glory to our homes. Their work shines abroad all the way out so that they bring glory to the world and shuts the mouths of pagans by the way they submit to their husbands and obey them and beautify everything. Have you ever tasted an amazing chocolate chip cookie that your wife has made? Oh, my goodness. There's women out here. Shanice Lewis on Facebook, I think butter something, butter sugar, I think is her name on Facebook. She makes these wonderful cakes and stuff. It's amazing, beautifying the world. And those things have Jesus all in them. <laughs> it's just a whole lot of glory. And she's her husband is allowing her to be a good priestess. Man, go figure out how to do that for your wives and show a great example of what it means to take something and lift it up before the Lord and say, now it's better. And show the world how to be a good priest. This is Chocolate Knox. Knox Unleashed. Some marvelous, marvelous Monday. Because as we function as priests before the Lord, after such a lovely supper with the Lord, we get to change the world because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. See you tomorrow. Tomorrow.